Hello Oilers fans, welcome back to another episode of Game Over. Wow, what a game, what a fantastic way to start after such a crappy way to start the day as an Oilers fan. Man, you just had no idea how this how this was going to go. If they lost this game, you just knew Edmonton was going to go full nuclear meltdown. But the dynamic duo showed up. Clem Cawson and Derek McLeod played absolutely fantastic despite having to carry around the NHL's version of Kwame Brown on their line. But... Um, yeah, it was, it, it was totally, uh, an awesome game from start to finish. Stuart Skinner, it was, it was kind of a tough night in the sense that he had to, can you guys hear? Okay. I just, I just want to make sure in the chat, the audio sounds a bit weird. Can you guys hear? Okay. We, we were having some Give technical us, issues coming in. Let us know. Let us know if you can hear us. Yeah. Just want to verify before we go any further because Zoom is messing around. So I agree, Nico C Dog. Great stash, Zach. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I I had grew that beard for like a month just for the purposes of getting that mustache today. I went to got it professionally done. Went to a barber. Didn't get a haircut. I asked for only a mustache. They were shocked, but it was awesome. I look just as about as good as the Oilers look tonight. Um, yeah, Dennis. Um, let's get into everything that was that 8-2 absolute domination from the Oilers. Um, they controlled every aspect of that game, right? Special teams, five on five. I think obviously even goaltending. It was, it was, it was a tough night for Skinner only having you know, those 16 shots. They were very sporadic throughout the game, but when the Coyotes did have shots, it seemed like they were kind of grade A chances. So for Skinner to only allow two the way he did, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really good effort by him. Uh, but before we get into all that, and you know we're gonna have to discuss Jesse Pugliarvi as well. I'm gonna give a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it's gonna go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction, whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball. Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. All right, Dennis. What do you think of that absolute drumming by the Oilers? How are you feeling going into the game? What did you think? I mean, it's it's amazing, right? This is what happens when you play against an AHL team. Mm -hmm. but, no, <laughs> I don't want to riff on the Yotes too much Their tonight. defense, their bottom two pairings are beyond subpar AHL players. Like, <sighs> The rough stuff is when you when you try to pull up their bios as we usually try to do to do a little bit of prep and there's just a just an empty profile picture and we yeah. don't we don't know who these guys are but this is how the Oilers should play against the Coyotes. Totally. Right? We don't want to let up. You can't let up just because the a weak team's visiting. You don't want to try and give them chances to claw back into a game. The Oilers put their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. Kept driving. Oh, yeah. First, second, third period. Like you mentioned, I love the fact that uh, DR, I mean, some people are saying, uh, you know, McDerrick, McDerrick, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, he's having a great game. Um, would have loved to see a little bit more production from a couple of guys, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm -hmm. Whew, what a performance tonight. Oh, yeah. They came out they played fantastic they played about they 
play it about as good as you can expect. Honestly, if they didn't have a game like this, I would be a little disappointed, right? Like, they're so dominant. McDavid now is up to 52 points in, like, 27 games now. Uh, Drysaddle scored his 18th of the year. I, I want to say Drysaddle's also on a, I know McDavid's on a six-game goal streak. I want to say Drysaddle's on his uh, uh, goal streak as well. They both were playing awesome. Yamamoto looked that was by far the best game we've seen from Yamamoto all year he's back oh Yams is back exactly I was a little quick to jump on him uh the last game after you know coming back straight from his injury but tonight two assists I want to say both for five on five and right at the end of the game he got that shorthanded breakaway where he kind of he just missed it the Coyotes one thing I will say they as far as the entire team from top to bottom is subpar but they did not get goaltending oh my gosh that was a great Great point by Travis Saunter in chat. Costin with a Gordie Howe hat trick tonight. Yeah. Uh, just got it right at the end. Clean Costin looks good. I mean, this was uh, one of the few Kenny Holland W's. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, and he took on our old friend or, or nemesis, depending on what kind of Oilers fan you are, Zach Cassian. Uh, he caught Cassian with a good right hand. Cassian was bloody leaving the game. You just knew Cassian was going to have some impact on the game uh, coming into this one, obviously. Uh, I saw someone tweet, I think it was Jason Adams tweet during the game that halfway through his, he was a, a controlling exactly 0% of the expected goals. Like Cassian's stats were about as bad as you could get being on NHL ice. So you knew he was going to do something. And honestly, to see Clem Costin drop the gloves like that and just feed Zach Cassian, gave me a little bit of solace. One thing I will say as well, another guy who I want to give credit to who I kind of crapped on last game. Uh, is Jay Woodcroft. I know this is the Coyotes, but this is the type of ice time distribution that I think we all want to see during the regular season as Oilers fans, right? Zach Hyman, only 16-11. McDavid, uh, McDavid played 18-32. If McDavid's up around 20, that's no problem. Anything more than 20 in the regular season, you don't really want to see. You don't want to tire a guy out. Uh, everyone, it looks like the lowest ice time was, uh, Clem Costin at 11.18. Um, but everyone had their hands on the game. This was a full effort from top to bottom. This was a great performance. This, this, you can't ask for anything more. How good did Hamlin, I mean, uh, just, he looked amazing. He didn't get on the score sheet, but he, uh, with the line with Holloway, just looked so good. Yamamoto was on that line for a little bit. They just brought the energy. And I think, uh, especially in the third period, during the first couple of shifts, I thought the Oilers were looking a little bit slower. And then the third line came on and the energy was back That on. third line, I that might have been without getting on the score sheet, uh, at least for Pooley, and Hamblin. I don't think either of them did. That might have been the best third line performance we've seen from an Oilers team in a long time. They controlled 94.7 of the expected goals when they were on the ice. Let's just look at shot attempts. Yeah, four shots for, only two shots against. Uh, they were they were dominant. 75% of the course they controlled. Every time they were on the ice, the puck was consistently in the coyote zone now the one caveat i know one thing that we do need to bring up they were on the ice the chikrin gosses bear pair was 90 percent of the time against that mcdavid dress at a line now they got to go up against these jj mossers and the you pick a name a random whoever these guys are on the arizona defense I, right exactly guy on ice all the the four creative players i and patrick nemeth and yusuf valamaki are you still Valimaki uh, has had a good he season. Got, 
he got burned a couple times tonight. Valentin yeah, didn't didn't oh, have a great oh, game. He had the giveaway on the last. It looked like Drysdale Hyman in that third period had that two on one. Ifala Mackie makes a great play to break it up, but all of a sudden Drysdale with the crazy pass right across, like a hundred feet diagonal through the offensive zone of McDavid for the wraparound for his twenty third goal of the year, uh, and then later adding on his twenty fourth on the one timer that just squeaks through Connor Ingram. Right? Um, yeah. Amazing. The amazing fact is uh, McDavid's. When the first uh, the, the first couple of points came in, McDavid was on 50 points in 27 games, and Oilers social media was putting out the graphics. They had it all planned. No one could have thought that just 50, you'd have to scratch that off, put 51, and then you have to scratch that off again, put 52. Uh, the man's on pace now for 69 goals, nice, <laughs> and 151 points. I what? want I want to see that so bad. I want McDavid uh as long as they can build on this and the they actually, you know, come sort of build back into the Oilers that we know and we expect. I want to see McDavid 150 for McDavid is one of those milestones that he hopefully hits in his career and that will put him in the undisputedly in the top five top three players of all time right all like time. modern that, era oh yeah this is that that's one of those milestones that like it seems like it's hard to hit and and he would have hit it in that 56 game season in the bubble right where he had the 100 105 in 55 games something like that yeah, um the bubble season was amazing and hey you know what we we gotta give credit where credit's due Nuge, he he kind of had the show stolen from him later on, but Nuge was huge in this game. Uh, just just a great way to cap it off, start it off. Um, yeah, I think Nugent Hopkins, he's he's gets a lot of flack, right? He's one of those guys that we've always had, but at the same time, I think Nugent Hopkins, after a pretty rough last season, is bouncing back and bouncing back in a big way. Uh, we've locked him up long term, and that's looking like one of the better signings. Oh yeah, he he took a he took a pay cut on his last on his last deal yeah. to come back. This guy's gonna be the all time leader in Oilers games played by the end of his deal. He is one of the best Oilers of all time. Uh, he's gonna be a little bit like Ryan Smith, where he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's absolutely beloved by almost everyone in Edmonton. It, it's funny because he if he, he's one of those guys, if he went to a different market and he didn't perform, had a season like he did, he would know he just would have been hearing all oh, garbage contract. And he, he just had so much shit piled on him. Nuge had 11 goals last season, and almost no one said a word about him. Right? Nuge is beloved in this market. I, was my first ever favorite player. Um, he's he's beloved. Nuge he's, forever. Two goals tonight. I know one power play, the low blocker short side snipe, and then even five on five, exact same deal, same shot, same shot he's made since day one in the NHL when he <laughs> scored against I think Pittsburgh as his first NHL goal. Uh, he he's been fantastic. Nuge has had the reputation of being more of a has kind of grown into his reputation being more of a complimentary player. But we're right. seeing that this season that on a line with Yamamoto and Yanmark. Now, again, it was against the Coyotes, but he's done it consistently this year. He is he is, he is driven. Five, he has scored five on five. It's not just those power play Tyson Berry second phantom assist. He's, he's consistently <laughs> added uh, value to the Oilers on a line that, without playing with McDavid or Drysaddle, which is we, awesome we to see. It wouldn't be a game over Edmonton unless we riffed on a couple of players, very included. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wanted to read a couple of chat messages. First off, uh, MGD in chat, welcome back. 
this stream needs more than 18 or 14 likes after a game like this yeah that'd be great guys if you guys pump up those likes it really helps us out with the youtube algorithm uh but i wanted to get to this question sean in chat could anyone here name anyone from arizona other than cassian before tonight uh jacob chicken oh jacob chicken i after this game and i i know like we could talk about the goals and everything and we can continue to do that but this just cements my absolute <laughs> i don't know overwhelming desire that i fully 100 percent unequivocally believe that jacob chicken would put the com completely change the complexion of the oilers blue line he Next would put them so level. over the top in a game where your team lost eight to two and were dominated, Jacob Chikrin controlled fifty-five percent of the goals for while he was on the ice. He like it was. How do you do that? That should be impossible. What a performance by Jacob Chikrin. The guy uh was a plus one in an eight-two loss. How is that possible? Like he is he is such a stallion in just a stable of donkeys. Like it is. It is unbelievable. That guy is so good. He is he is the Oscar Clefbaum replacement that we've needed for four years, right? He has all the tools. He is a way bigger body than I think any of us thought. He's a way more physical. Mm -hmm. His defensive awareness is top-notch. He can actually pin guys on the boards. He can break up the cycle. He is effective in every single zone. He would be such a boost and you look at like at in adding one player would make such a difference like you look at the addition of evander kane last year that's one player oh, but yeah. a really good player you take this one guy you bring him in here and you, you're able to put everyone in the right position chikrin i saw people talking about this now I, I didn't look it up myself sorry and i'll let you jump in in a second but i saw people talking about this both chikrin and kulak have consistently played their offside throughout their career at different points I don't think there should be any issue coming in putting one of the guys that we have on their offside uh, if we were to move Broberg in, in the package or whatever. But I'll let you jump in now. Well, I wanted to jump in, and Dark Fighters uh, in chat brings this up as well. What would we have to give up to get Jacob Chitrin, right? So here's coming from Bob Stoffer. I mean, mm -hmm. take it with a grain of salt, like most media, right? Stoffer knows. The, the, the ask right now is... In the current draft year, a first. Mm -hmm. In draft year, plus one. So that's next year, second. And then two years after that, another second. Plus an A-grade prospect, something like a Broberg, and then your cap dump. So that could be any one of Tyson Berry, could be your... It would probably be Pooley RV, and I think that's what it should be at this point now. At this point, I mean, we'll we'll get into Pooley RV yeah. afterwards, because... That's been the big news prior to 7.30 p.m. It, tonight. It, it Usually, I don't hit carpal tunnel syndrome season until trade deadline when I'm scrolling on Twitter and my thumbs start to hurt. But this, today, I started to feel that carpal tunnel as I was constantly refreshing Twitter to see what was going on with the whole just meltdown that happened with Jesse Pugliarvi and his high school bully. Um <laughs> to put it bluntly high high school plus uh you know an extra 30 40 years on him yeah i mean that guy probably peaked in high school so whatever but <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey. Yeah. but anyways anyways uh let yeah let's let's talk about it because um honestly i'm getting some reaction in chat uh <laughs> there's some well, folks that are asking that's a little too much too pricey um i i think honestly it's 
it's fine. Well, because you're looking at draft picks. Uh, it's two seconds. Yep. But those are next year and the year afterwards. Those players wouldn't help in the Dreisaitl McDavid era. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're hoping that we have to make a couple of pushes now. 100%. Please. 100%. <laughs> and that's how we keep them, right? 100%. So in, in the case that we get, look at a player that we'll get in the second, right? That's someone who's going to help the organization out maybe after if three years. If they help. Four years. Chances are. At all. Exactly. Chances are your second round picks. Like not every, we've seen uh, since, I start, like since, two, uh, what other second round pick can you name besides Ryan McLeod that's actually impacted the Oilers in the last 25 seasons? I literally <sighs> could not tell you one. Tyler Pitlick's on the fourth line and like was on the fourth line in Montreal at one point. There you go. Got a deal in Philadelphia. That's literally it. Though I, I don't want to see them picking the, in the draft. I want to say it was on the broadcast tonight where Stauffer said that they, they it wouldn't be more of an Eichel thing. They're looking for more of a Hampus Lindholm package where it's uh, you, a two first and a second, whether and whether that is actually two first or a first and a grade A prospect. I w- like watch Philip Broberg. We are it, it's it's like a game show, you know, in those game shows where it's like behind door number one. Here we are give you ten thousand dollars, but behind door number one. There could be $10,000. Do you want to take what's behind door number one? Or do you want the $10,000? What's in the box? Could be a boat. Could be a boat. (laughs) Or I'll give you a boat. You pick. You pick. Exactly. This is is the amount of questions that we always go over, right? Mm -hmm. Oilers Media is always talking about, is is it time to go for it? Kenny Holland has shown that he doesn't believe in going for it every year. And I love the tweet that you put out. It's not every year. It's like one year. Can we please go for it this year after making the Western Conference final last year? Uh, It's it's just incredible to see that the level that the Oilers are at right now doesn't instill confidence, sure. But it's something where we have so many key players out. Like you said, last season's big addition, Evander Kane, which happened way before the trade deadline. He's out. Mm-hmm. And he's out for a little while. Yep. McLeod, McLeod's to... out with a high ankle sprain. Fogel's out. Like we, we need additions. We need to supplement this team. Like that. I think that's what you were getting at, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm seeing a couple of questions here as well. Gosses bear is he had a pretty good impact on tonight's game as well. Would you have, any interest in a package of Chitrin and Goss and Goss Despair? No. To me, Goss Despair no. is just a better skating Tyson Barry. We don't need Goss Despair. It's the same. It's the same vein as that Eric Carlson stuff. Would Eric Carlson be cool? Eric Carlson we, was my favorite non-oiler for a long time, right? We can't afford Eric Carlson. 50, I don't know well, where well, this is coming to, well, from. No, no, today. No, it's Darren Dreger uh, the other day on oh, insider trading. He's, so if he says it, he has heard something to go to air with that. Frank Saravelli says today that if the San Jose went to Edmonton, says we'll give you Eric Carlson 50% retain for Jesse Pugliarvi, the Oilers would say no. That's what Frank Saravelli said today. I watched him no say it. Swear way. to God. Swear to God. And everyone was like, what? What? But the thing is, you have to think about Eric Carlson this way. This season, Eric Carlson's been one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Since he's gotten to San Jose... He has, he has not been Eric Carlson. He's had 45-point season. He's missed it. And if we're talking about injuries, he's missed a Look ton at of games. injury history. Exactly. Yeah. He's not been Eric Carlson this year. He's been Eric Carlson. So you're betting on the, these last 25 games that you're get coming back. So he has four more years left. He's in his early 30s already. It, 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 would it be, like, would I be fine with that? 
yeah, because I'm at a point right now where I just want to see moves. Like, we both know, like, this was an awesome game. Like, we, again, we can get into the game more in a, in a bit, but this was an awesome game. But we, we can't, we got to remember, this was the team designed to finish dead last in the standings. Like, this is one right. of the worst teams in the NHL. The next two games, we got a home and home with Minnesota, who Edmonton struggles with. We almost saw a nuclear meltdown today. If they go and lose both games back to back to Minnesota, we're full city on fire, red alert, right back where we started again, where everyone's screaming from the rooftops. So I still think that despite they playing great tonight and whatever, and you seeing all everyone come through and the depth and the defense and the goaltending and everything kind of shining when it needs to, you still need stuff. We can't be tricked into, oh, this team's good. I'll just sit back on my hands and let it ride. We cannot let it ride no matter what. We need to add and we need to add now. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the other thing is at at one point, we're going to have to talk about Jesse Pugliarvi later on, but at one point, it's almost time to find him a home for his sake. Right? Literally, dude. I just, I feel bad for Pugliarvi. He's he's down on himself so horrendously bad. I feel like he does need that fresh start. I mean, the man's considering not playing in the NHL, right? Yeah. This, The Oilers owe him a courtesy to give him a fresh start. Maybe that's in a package as a cap dump, but if it's if it's for any other reason, um, I just want to see it happen. Like right? whatever it might be, I just want to see Pugliarvi be able to find his confidence again, even if that means it's not with the Oilers. Like he and he had another good game tonight, but again, he Great didn't. Game. He didn't touch the score sheet. And if you're not going to touch the score sheet, even if he does touch the score sheet, he can come out get a hat trick. You know, a five point night, it does not matter. We all know who will be on Twitter five minutes later yelling <laughs> about something. But it, it, it could be Bouchard or Kulak could br- 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 fall over, burn a tire, break a tire. I don't know what I was trying to say. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he, he Kulak could have another tumble in the corner. Uh, no right. one could be around him. And so Mark Spector, I'm just going to say it, will go on Twitter and say, oh, Jesse Pugliarvi. Well, how could he make Kulak fall down like that? It does not matter what the guy does. He'll, he'll never, no one, he can't certain ever people, catch he has this segment of the fan base that will never be happy with him. The Oilers, from the start, it was a completely different regime when he was drafted. They brought him in. The kid could barely speak English. Despite that, he had the biggest smile on his face. He did whatever he had to do. The Oilers kept him in the NHL when they definitely shouldn't have. He had horrible development from the start. They Oilers made it they hard. They ruined him. The, the Oilers they made ruined it, him as a player. They made it harder on him at every single turn, right? The guy needed double hip surgery when he was 20. Um, and he was, I think earlier in that season, uh, he was trying to play through that, right? Like there's just been so many ups and downs, well, mostly downs with that guy. Mostly. And every, and, and you just see, he, despite that, he comes in every game, even tonight, even after the giant shit show that happened today, he's got the biggest smile on the face. He's trying his heart out. He's clearly changed his game to do whatever he was told to do in the off season because he's way more he's physical. Checking. He's, wh- he's hit, he, I think he leads the team in hits by far. But I will say, and it's been pointed out by a lot of the stats people in line, his actual like effectiveness in breaking up a zone exits from the other team and where he was so elite last season, one of the best players, defensive players in the NHL, has fallen off a cliff. His scoring chances, because remember last year, it seemed like he was always wide open in front of that with these grade A plus chances. opportunities. He's not getting the same amount as he was last year. And that's because he's tried to change his game to suit what the team has asked. They 
they've taken they've taken he had strengths he had his positives and they were trying to get him to build on his deficiencies right instead but here's of, the thing yeah. right i i hear that argument i hear mm -hmm. that argument of he's trying to change his game he's trying to mold his game let's let's give him a chance somewhere else so that he can go back to his high scoring potential type but i hear the same thing in a tyler benson right the only difference is that draft pedigree Mm -hmm. The the big pressure comes from Pugliarvi being down on himself and everyone piling on him because of his draft pedigree. Yeah. If it was a Tyler Benson, he's he's a workhorse, a, a James Hamblin, he's a workhorse. He, he You see him struggle. You mm -hmm. see those guys try and make it into the NHL and you root for them every time they make it into the lineup. This is just a, a totally different scenario, I find. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's... Props to Pugliarvi for trying to mold his game. I think that's a great thing. But well, I don't think as media, as fans, we should harp on him too much for saying, well, he used to be this. Now he's trying to be this. And we just don't know what he is anymore. Well, right? I, 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 think being able to, I, I think being able to mold your game like we've seen a Benson do, for example, and could try to change to stick at the NHL, um, it, it's a skill within itself. And Tyler Benson, I think coming into the NHL had those base level skills and he was building on different aspects of his game to succeed in the role that he needs to succeed on in the NHL. Like he was penalty killing in the minors. They were trying to get him, form him into a different type of player. And Andrew Cogliano as player while he was in Bakersfield, right? Jesse Pugliarvi has never really had that opportunity. They've, they've, he, send him down. He, he has four games. But 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 that's that's not. No, I'm not you saying to send him up, down. Right? I'm like I'm trying no, 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 to. No, no, I mean like during his development. Yeah, we, exactly. We sent him down. He Ex played exactly. a handful of games. Exactly. Pulled and Chia calls up. him right back up. But he he's he was so skilled, and he still is so skilled. If you go back and I think Bush bombs on Twitter was posting a ton of Pugliarvi highlights where he he's clearly good at very 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 specific things, and th what the Oilers were doing. To, directly contradicts with those things that he was good at as opposed to a Tyler Benson who is all like he's always been hasn't he's never been the best skater and he's so he's able to mold himself in those areas of the game where he's always been decent he's just building on other skills Pugliarvi never had those skills he's good at specific things getting it on the forecheck he's good at breaking up uh offense he's good at starting the cycle he's good at keeping the puck in he's good at suppressing the other team's breakout and defense and you're completely taking him out of that way, and you're you're not asking him to change a little bit. You're changing everything. You've taken, a lot, right? yeah, and and he's trying. He's dumping the puck, and he's not carrying it at all, and he has no confidence. You could see that in his play. But in in the juniors, both were high scoring talents, right? Totally. And I, I think the difference is, as you mentioned, Jesse Pugliarvi, he's had to reinvent himself. I don't know through his own sort of motivation or through people forcing him to, right? Mm -hmm. What we see about Tyler Benson is we knew from the very beginning during his draft pedigree that he wasn't going to be a top six guy, yeah. right? So this was a self-development where mm -hmm. he realized if he wants to have a chance to play in the NHL, he has to be the bottom six Great guy. Point. He has to be a grinder. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like Jesse Pugliarvi hasn't done that. Jesse Pugliarvi still in his heart believes he is a top six guy right you you see it in his confidence every time he's elevated up to the top he's trying to make so, skilled sort of plays mm -hmm. but 
everyone's forcing him to be a bottom six guy yeah. because we're seeing how many years he's already had to develop air quotes around develop mm-hmm. and it's just not working out. We're now painting him as a bottom six guy when I don't think it comes from within. So let me put this question to chat then. I want, I want to know what you guys would do. Let me know. Do you guys just get rid of Jesse Pugliarvi for nothing? Are you happy getting rid of him for nothing just for his sake and letting say- him move on? Or are you still exactly? Kind. Are you still holding on to him with hope? Because you because he clearly his line had the best expected goals in this game. He clearly oh, yeah. has a positive impact on the ice. Are you holding on to him in hopes that you can get some positive play out of him and hopefully actually turn him into an asset? Because I think we can all agree that the writing's on the wall long term. This guy is not going to be an Oiler. What would He's you do? Not happy here. What He's would, not happy yeah. in Edmonton. Perhaps not in the NHL. I, I want right? to, yeah, I want to know what chat so, does with it. And before you let us that, know in chat, and also like the video, tag us on Twitter. And, yeah, and oh, like like the video too. Yeah, tag us on Twitter as well. Uh, it, there's there's so much to be said about Pulleyarvi, and it really doesn't help when you have the media pile up like this, right? Yeah. So at at this point, I totally understand from a from a hockey perspective. I would love to keep keep him. I would love to hang on to Pulleyarvi, but at this point it's you I just feel for him, mm-hmm. you know? I just feel like the guy needs a new chance, a fresh start. Uh I saw someone in chat, Wise Kyle mentioned he should go to uh, Columbus and play with his good friend Patrick Laine. Yeah. Uh Columbus right now again, they're kind of in a rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they signed Goudreau in the offseason, but that would be someone who's probably he, a buyer. He, we just need to find someone who's coming back the other way. He is going to end up on a New Jersey or a Colorado or a Carolina, and he's going to come here, and I hope he makes all of the media that shat on him consistently every day to his face make him look stupid, right? Like, you know he has the tools. Everyone has made this comparison before, but he has Valerie Nachushkin, who signed a seven-year deal for $6 million, with Colorado, had a 91-game stretch where he never scored. Every mm-hmm. single game that goes by that Jesse Pugliarvi doesn't score, that's every single person's headline. The Oilers win 8-2 tonight. I guarantee you I have not looked at anything. Mark Spector's headline is, The Oilers won and Pugliarvi stays off the score sheet. Bye, King, or whatever. Stupid thing he says. Oh, right? that like, that was the worst. Tw- I can't believe that he in his right mind would say at at a time when Oilers Twitter was on fire, yeah, just just lambasting him about his article, that he would have the audacity to write well, by Sun King. He lo- Come on, he likes being the uh, the guy go. Everyone's going left. He likes to go right. You know, he 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 wants to be different. He likes to be that stick in the road that everyone hits. He he wants to be different. He likes when everyone goes at him right. So when you're yelling at him on Twitter, being like, "Mark, you idiot boy," just going off. You're just giving him what he wants. I per- personally, I said this to Dennis before, I didn't even click on the article. I don't even buy into it. I don't read it. Uh, don't give him the clicks. It's not worth it. All he's doing is he's if just I could bullying. Re- if, if I could read it in the originals finished, and I would. I, <laughs> you know what? Go to the finished article. Uh, translate it with Google Translate. <laughs> just don't give him the clicks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Joel Tichenau in chat says would take the cap space. And I think that's where I'm at as well. I think the cap space, like, I think it's, I, I personally, I just want to see him get out of the situation. And I also think they can use that cap space in other ways. Like, if that, keep, if that keep helps him mind, get chicken, 
Yeah, if if this was if Pulley RV was the switch over for Chikrin, I think it's the best scenario for him for his possibility to continue on as an NHL player. And the Oilers get an asset back the other way in both cap space for Jacob Chitrin. Yep. Um, yeah. Let's let's stop talking about certain Sportsnet writers. Let's move on. Uh, McDavid, fifty-two points, twenty-seven games. Uh, he looked unreal tonight. Mm-hmm. Drysaitel looked just amazing tonight as well. Just laser focused. Yeah. Hyman and also Hyman. back in the game after missing after missing a game with injury. Didn't lose a step. The guy was still a dog working hard in front of net. I loved your tweet by the way about your article. <laughs> Be, stay tuned, everyone. After game over, Dennis is putting out an article on my how Zach Hyman's a bust because he hasn't That's been right. scored tonight. So I'm gonna roast him because he didn't score tonight, even yeah. though he was so dominant when he was on the ice. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is one thing that I wanted to bring up. Right. So many times we have seen the Oilers not just start slow, but even when they start well, let other teams crawl their way back. Right. We didn't do that tonight, and it wasn't just sending McDavid and Drysaddle out there for every single shift and making sure that teams had no chance getting their way back in. It was with the full-on efforts of, you know, a Derek Ryan with a Devin Shore, with a Holloway, with everyone just giving their full-on potential and just laying it all on the ice, right? If, if that was Devin Shore's full-on potential, I am not very happy. Because that there was one... The penalty was was bad. Bro, the <laughs> first play of the game, the guy has a scoring chance. It's like he's, again, it's like he's using a ringette stick and there's no blade on the end. I've never seen an NHL player handle a puck like that. Like, boy, do I want... I don't care who comes back. Devin Shore, for me, is the first one out of the lineup. Hamblin played awesome tonight at center. I'm glad Louie highlighted it on the broadcast. Um, yeah. I'm, I was really happy he kind of got his 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 numbers or his, his name out there, right? Hamblin Holloway is getting really confident out there. I I loved Hamblin Holloway Yamamoto. Not, not just because all of them started with fives. Their numbers all started with fives, and it was just so fun to watch on the eyes and go, I, I can't see who that is. Mm-hmm. But um, Holloway looked dominant. The drive to the net to draw a penalty early on in the first period, Holloway looked so good. Um, they're just playing with a lot more confidence, and I think part of that is because of that Baco connection. But also, I wanted to give props to... DR, Derek Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. We we saw him, he scores in bursts. Um, you're you're looking for 10 goals out of the guy in a year or uh, in a season, and it looks like he's going to go a little bit beyond that. I mean, that's the hope, right? There's so many players on the Oilers that frequently we're just trying to see them not lose a goal or two. We're just trying to see them hold steady. And when they're able to dominate on the ice, when we get up onto the edge of our seats to see a Derek Ryan drive to the net, that just makes me really happy as an Oilers fan. On the flip opposite side, do I feel good that we beat up on Arizona? No, because seeing the decade of darkness, I know what it's like on that side. But you don't want to let up. You want to see, you want to keep putting in the, the goals and just don't celebrate, skate back maybe have a giggle on the bench as we saw <laughs> yeah. David and Hyman do, that was funny. Uh, but don't celebrate, but don't let up. Yeah. Keep your foot on the gas. Yeah, totally. Um, One thing that MGD brought up in chat and before we're going to talk about Jack Campbell in a second, but MGD asked the question, would you swap uh, Jesse Pugliarvi for Max Domi straight across? I'll let you go first and then I'll answer. Or Kapanen, she asked us. 
MGDS as well? I think at this point, I I, I would. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It, one for one, as much as that hurts Oilers fans to hear, one for one, I would do it par- par- partly because it is Pooley-RV, right? If it was another player sort of in a comparable zone, I wouldn't. But here's the one thing. I would probably take Kapanen over Domi. Really? Just because Domi, Domi has the one issue and it's frequently, you know, it's a media thing. But it's Domi has that sort of attitude in the room, right? You're concerned about chemistry in the room. I think Kapanen might be someone that I would take. Of course, Domi is, I think, a little bit more of an impact player. He has that sort of grit, that sandpaper. I'd like to see it. I just don't know if after all the risks we've taken, I mean, Kane paid off, Vertanen didn't pay off at all. That was stupid. That was just (laughs) stupid. That was horrible. But anyways. Yeah, Kenny Holland, why why did we PT over Tannen? We'll never know. Yeah, what a, but do anyways. we want to take a risk on Domi again? So for me, for me, uh I would stay away from Casper Captain. Uh Casper Captain's been was a scratch, and I know he recently had a hat trick, but he was scratching a ton of games for Pittsburgh this year. He's been in the doghouse. I know when I watched him a lot when he was in Toronto. Uh he was he had a lot of ups and downs. Very streaky player. Uh he really fast skater, has offensive instincts. I believe he struggles on the defensive end i might be completely out to lunch there uh but kasperi kapanen also underratedly does have a personality he uh i he's not as upfront as max domi but there's some stuff with kasperi kapanen that can't i'd necessarily be overlooked like he he's he's around stuff i'll just say that but when we look at max domi to me I think one of the things that's been lacking and what a lot of people have brought up is that personality in the room that you that you that you mentioned. Um, but that's why I think that's the number one reason why people say we miss Smith and Keith, right? You want those people, you want those guys that are yelling and riling people up. Maybe if Domi's here doing stuff in the room, getting the guys riled up, being that loud presence, maybe they come out harder and they don't start every game out of sleep. Like even this game, I know they started pretty well. The Coyotes had the first couple shots on goal. They had the first True. couple chances, right? Like, any other team, it's way different, but because it's the Coyotes, you are able to wage your way in a little bit, and then they burst out for a thousand goals. But I think Domi, so like that's the, that he has that personality that that come in and he's a disruptor, and he'll he'll call it like he it doesn't matter how good he is where he stands your team, he's gonna call it like he sees it, right? And I think to me, he, Jesse Pouliard, to me, Jesse Pouliard's on ice impacts. He, he he can impact the game more than Max Domi just in the defense. He has more potential than Max Domi. I'm at the point now, I swear to God, and I, everyone might call me crazy, where just for Jesse's sake, I like... Like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad if they lost him on waivers. Like literally, you get the cap space and he gets a fresh start. Like I'm doing it from the player's perspective more from a team perspective. It's the team messed up the situation horribly, mm-hmm. but you 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 can't give this guy like he has mental battles every single day and you just feel so bad for the guy. You don't want to see anyone go through that, right? Um yeah. and and that's why I'm at the point where I'm okay with losing a trade or losing Puliarvi for whatever. I, I think waivers is it's drastic. I, I agree. I agree. It it would be something that I I wouldn't too heavily oppose. If it did happen and he was claimed on waivers, he would. Uh, I might be a little bit upset. I would be inside, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything. I, it would just be a good start for him moving forward. If we can get 
a little bit of something else in addition to a cap dump, make it as a little bit of a chip in a trade. Uh, that'd be nice. But overall, I agree. I think JP, he needs to have something in order to keep his career together. Right? You, you, yeah, you can't do we're that. We're not looking at just on ice now. You're yeah. looking at career. Exactly. Right? You you don't want the like like this to me is someone that if he does not work out this like it, I and I obviously some responsibility always falls on the player but to me this is seventy five percent the organization's doing right they did so much wrong with him from the start from the day he was drafted right from I mean the you're right like the agent and moving back to he, Finland he was couldn't a little speak bit. English and they didn't get him an yeah. English tutor like what was he supposed to do and then I think Eero Pakarinen was the only guy he could talk to at the time then you have Miko Koskin and now there's no Finnish I believe there's no Finnish guys on the team anymore oh Nima Line Denmark is Yanmark Finnish? I do no, not no. know. Is Yanmark Finnish? I, I don't no, know. He might be Swedish. Nima Linen's Finnish, but Nima Linen's in Baco now again, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's just something I've said just again. It's not from a team perspective. It's purely to get him that fresh start and you get the bonus of the three million. Would I I would I'm the first person to come out and tell you I would love him tomorrow to come out and just succeed and score 30 goals or even just score 10 goals and be a productive be bottom happy place. here but you just want to see him happy at this point that's all mm-hmm. you want and if that means losing him on waivers or losing him in a trade uh of losing a bad trade with him yeah it, it, it's just coming and needs to happen one thing i wanted to ask you uh before at the end of last broadcast i said i would start Stuart skinner today now over mm-hmm. the last couple days i thought about it and everyone was making the point this is the one of the worst teams in the nhl if you're going to start Campbell against any team, you start him against Arizona. And then I and I switched up. I I agreed with that. I was shocked when I saw Stuart Skinner was starting again. Now, I was shocked as well this morning, yeah. So what do you make I, of that decision? It's it's so tough to say, right? This this team is currently in a position with the amount of pressure internally and externally, right, from fans mm-hmm. where they have to win games. And if you play Stu and he wins you a game, you get two points. Yeah. You, you could play Campbell, try and get two points. And if you don't get it, that's awful, right? Mm-hmm. Arizona, we I joked earlier on that they're an AHL team, but they still are technically an NHL team. And technically, they could still rack up a couple goals, right? You're worried now... We have Minnesota twice next. That's where I was going you with can't, this. You can't play soup against Minnesota. A team when where the Oilers just historically play bad against this team. You need a you, you need Skinner. you need good goaltending performances. The Oilers, if if either goalie comes into this game and posts anything less than a, a nine ten or a nine fifteen, I will tell you right now, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope they win regardless. But I do not think they'll win. I don't know what it is about Minnesota. But Minnesota is really hard on the forecheck. They get on the defense hard, and Edmonton does a huge uh, in struggles immensely exiting the zone when they play Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota just seems to create offense out of nothing when it comes to playing Edmonton, and Edmonton in turn can't create anything against Minnesota. I don't get it, but nevertheless, it's just one of those weird out of game curses. Well, right? it well, seems like it doesn't matter what the actual players are on the ice. We just beat mini well and but that's where i'm going with this so let's say so i want to say skinner started three in a row now 
and we both agree Campbell cannot start any of the next two games against the Wild. When do you go back to Jack Campbell? I mean, we play Nashville, I think, after the... Yeah, we play Nashville, St. Louis, Anaheim. Anaheim? Anaheim would work, but you're sitting him for a whole week. But to me, Anaheim is... Uh, a, a more skilled version of Arizona where they can easily mm. pot f- three, four, five goals on you, right? I know they haven't won a lot and I know they've you know, they've been they've struggled, they've been atrocious this year, but if you have we're a bad a, goaltending performance, like we're getting a lot of folks in chat saying uh the predators. I, I think that's tough, right? Like you The Predators you don't want decent, I wanna say. They're not bad. They're decent. They're right uh, around where we are in the standings. I, I'm not 100% sure. Let's click on the NHL standings here. Let's take a look. Uh, the Nashville Predators, if we take a look at the wildcard standings in the West, they have uh, 26 points in 23 games. The Oilers have 30 points in 27 games. So they've, they do have four games in hand on the Oilers, and they're only uh, four points behind, right? So it's not like you are... Um, Far, there ain't much. I mean, looking just purely from a standings perspective, it's not like they're a much better team than you. Like these are teams you absolutely need to beat, and yeah, I, that's you, why it's risky. You don't, you don't want to play them against St. Louis, Nashville, as well. If you leak a couple goals against Nashville, that's tough too. They can really clamp down as well. Minnesota, yep. that's rough. Anaheim, definitely. Yeah, and, start and- them against Anaheim. I think. If you get lit up, so be it. Well, right? pocket track becomes... in, in chat does say that Dry is the Preds dad. And that's one thing we he's, do need to remember. Leon He's the mayor of Smashville. Exactly. We do need to remember that. Uh because maybe Jack Campbell goes into the game in Nashville. He lets in four, but Leon alone is good for about six goals against Nashville. So There you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Lindsay He'll says He'll get back in the race for a rocket. <laughs> need to watch out for air punchy Jordan Bennington in St. Louis. Well, the last time the Oilers played the Blues, do you remember? I uh Jordan Bennington punched Evander Kane in the face. Yeah. And it, he just bopped him. He's been back in the news lately, but this guy, oh my god, where's Mike Smith when you need him? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Let's see a goalie scrap. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but no, like St. Louis is still tough right they're going through their own struggles but they're still a game uh, they're still a team where if they pot a goal against you early they're just gonna hold on Mm -hmm. and they do not give up many chances it's frustrating to play against teams like that especially when you can't have confidence in your goaltender behind you so against teams like that yeah you have to start skinner and as as awful as it might be i think campbell's one of the guys where he is a team first guy. So if you have to sit him for a little while, I think that's okay for his mentality. The one thing I worry about, and we had a little scare tonight, if you overplay Skinner, right? Yeah, man. And he goes down like tonight, we had a little bit of time, a little bit of a collective breath. My that, my heart dropped to the floor when I saw that. Cause you just know if Knock on wood, nothing happens. But if something were to happen to Stuart Skinner, you are boned. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. You got no cap space, pretty much. Anything's dollar in, dollar out. You can't do anything. Your goaltending, like, has been atrocious. And I agree, MGD. Skinner does need rest, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
it'll be very interesting to see. You're going to have to be, Jay Woodcroft's going to have to be very strategic about the way he positions the starts coming up for the next couple You just have to pray to God Campbell can have any sort of revitalization this season, right? Like, whether he gets up, he can bump his save percentage up even 15 points maybe to 895, like... We just got to see something, right? We can't, we, right. You, can't you, you having a goalie that's in the 870s or whatever he is, is not sustainable. Uh, there, this is why I, on Twitter, I saw someone posting that the difference between Campbell and like a Mike Smith, right? Smith would not let you take him out two games in a row. If he had a bad game, he would be in the coach's office fuming saying, put me back in there. Yeah. I need to redeem myself. But you have a nice guy in Campbell. You have a nice guy in Skinner. They're both, they'll they'll follow whatever the coach says, right? Mm -hmm. They're missing that sort of passion. So it's tough, right? This is the the sort of team that we're we're fielding right now. A bunch of nice guys. I mean, on on one hand, that's great for the locker room, but on the other hand, it it misses that sort of passion, right? Yeah. And that's where the the same narrative comes in. We're missing the Duncan Keiths. We're missing the Mike Smiths. Yeah, just guys that get people up there. And I totally understand what you mean by maybe Max Domi is that guy. Yeah. Well, I think we're uh, there's 40 people watching right now. Let's just try. Let's try and hit 30 likes. We're almost at the end of the broadcast here. Uh, we kind of been breaking down Minnesota, but before we close it off tonight, let's really try and hit 30 likes once again for this broadcast. We're uh, getting close. It's late on a weeknight. It this was an awesome game to watch. Uh, I'm really hoping they can keep the momentum rolling on Wednesday or on Friday against the Wild. It, it, that's going to be a really interesting showing because we, like we said before, and we've established, and everyone in chat knows, it's been a tough, uh, it, it's been a tough go against Minnesota. Will they be able to keep the ball rolling and build on this? We will see. Uh, you've got that broadcast on Friday, Dennis. I'm doing that one solo. It's yeah. going to be an exciting one, I hope. Uh, if we just simply lose to the Wild again, come join me in our little cry fest. At least we can have some group therapy together. Well, I will be on a plane, so I won't be watching. But I'm praying for your sake that it's a fun game and you have a ton of stuff to talk about. And last time I did the solo broadcast, it was just me and MGD. So we know at least <laughs> MGD will be there for you in chat. Hopefully Robert oh, will too. Thank you for staying up with us, Robert. We appreciate your moderation and everything that you do for us at SDPN. Heart, to Robert. But yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Uh, the Oilers... One more like. Yeah. We're so close. Well, the Oilers win 8-2. By the last, by the time I say that, can we hit 30 likes or is it going to be an L? I want to <laughs> let Robert go to sleep. So <laughs> I think we might just have to call it here. Uh, they'll be able to, you'll be able to see us next time. I say Oilers won 5-2. They won 8-2. What am I talking they about? They won 8-2. Yeah, jeez. I we forgot blew about... them out. Yeah, I forgot about uh, about three goals. Anyways, they'll be able to see that on the SDPN YouTube channel on Friday. Uh, until then, Dennis, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. And Zach, where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for us tonight, guys. Thanks so much, Lindsay, David, MDG, Robert, uh, obviously, Pocket Track, and Travis, and so many others for joining us tonight. Uh, have a 30. <laughs> thanks. Have a great rest of your night, guys, and we will talk to you on Friday. Hey, play La Bamba, baby. Uh, play La Bamba, baby. Bye bye. Over! Action. Canada Sportsbook.